Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's this creature thing. People worship it. It's sucking the life out of me. Intense pressure. It was so cold, and I just wanted it to go away. It's causing sickness. My dad is so sick, and no one can figure out why. They just get tortured by this thing. You're mine. You can't escape. My name is Amy Allen. What's happening? I see dead people. It seems like a devil. I speak to dead people. He's pissed off, and they speak to me. I felt real fear. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. I think she's being murdered. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. Serial killer pops in my head. And I know every person, every house has secrets. Nobody believes me. It's my job to reveal them. You think there's still bodies there? I do. But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. You got problems. I got news for you. When we uncover if it's safe for you to stay... This is our house, whether they like it or not. Or time to get out. This is their house, the house of the dead. I'm in Abilene, Texas. It's a small city about two hours west of Dallas. Amy and I were called in by a retired Air Force veteran named Sean. Sean knows danger when he sees it, but he says that whatever's in his house is trying to kill him. I really hope we can help this veteran out. Before Amy arrives, I look for any leading information. Family photos and religious icons can influence her findings. So it's important that I cover or remove them all before she begins her walk. I saw this church 
and it was filled with people and it was all good, but the church fell apart and the roof fell in. Then there's like this uh, creature thing. It creates paranoia and anger and fear and negativity and obsessive thoughts and it told me that it can only take the souls of those who damn themselves, but it'll take on any form to help them do that. Well, Sean, I'm glad I'm here now because I'm a fellow vet like yourself. And when we spoke on the phone, you sounded pretty upset. So why don't you tell me what's going on? We have apparitions. There's banging on the wall, touching people, uh, objects moving. I've been in some pretty rough situations, and what I've seen in Afghanistan and Iraq uh, doesn't compare to what I've seen in this house. Are you sure it's not post-traumatic stress, anything like that? No. What makes you so sure? Um, I've gone through counseling, evaluations, you name it, I've had it, and nobody can explain it. Now, who lives here with you? Um, we have eight family members in my house. There's my mom. Okay. And my, myself and my wife, Elizabeth. My oldest daughter is Tracy. My oldest son is Sean, right. Jr. My middle daughter, Rebecca. And then my middle son, Derek. And my youngest son, Nicholas. Now, let me ask you something. Do you know any history about the house at all? I know that the land uh, originally, way back, was uh, Native American land. OK, so how long are you living here? We've lived here since June of 2006. OK, so why are you calling us in now? When we first moved here, it, things were minor. And then over the last couple of years, things began just getting a lot more extreme. Shortly after that happened, my health started to deteriorate. What kind of health issues are we talking about here? Um, I've had a stroke. I've had major embolisms with blood clots. I've got problems with my heart, with my liver, my lungs. I've gone to every type of doctor you can name, and they don't have answers. Okay, how old are you? 38 years old. You're 38. This is stuff 75-year-olds go through. Yeah, I have some pictures. As you can see, I was a fit person. I look much different. My life has gone you know, a complete turn since everything started. But you feel whatever's here is trying to physically harm you? Correct. I believe it's sucking the life out of me. I'm seeing this creature thing. It's causing a lot of sickness for living people. They can't breathe. Ah, oh, intense pressure on their chest, their stomach. To me, it's weird that the thing is in Texas and in a neighborhood like this. I think I know what this creature is, but I'm not sure because it's something usually seen in other parts of the world. Whatever it is, I know it's capable of causing major damage. People here, they just get tortured by this thing. This room is very active for me. I was sleeping in bed with my wife. It was about three o'clock in the morning. My son Nicholas woke up screaming. I get up to pick up my son and he's pointing. And I look over here towards the closet and both doors are wide open. I know when I went to bed, the doors were closed. Do they open by themselves because they're, they're off kilter or something? No, they have a device on the top of them that clicks in place. So and you remember shutting it? Correct. I see what you're saying, so it locks in. 
Anything else in this room? So one morning I wake up, I walk across the hallway right there, and as I step up into the laundry room to go into the kitchen, I feel this just ice-cold hand grab the back of my neck and squeeze my neck. At the same time, I'm kind of looking to see who's behind me. There's nothing there. This creature thing, it's like putting its hands on their shoulders. And it almost feels like if you took your finger and like pushed all the way back, it's like this intense, sharp pressure. So anything else? Um, I had woken up, opened my eyes, and I see a figure, completely black. It was very lanky, tall. He scuttled across the ceiling, and then its head turned, and it just real fast looked at me. It was human somewhat looking, but it had large eyes that were sunken in. It didn't really have a distinct mouth, but it looked angry. So it wasn't anything like a shadow coming from outside that could have made that? No. Cat walking by, anything crazy? No, no, no. The feeling that I get from this thing is that it's it's looking for me. It's after me. You think it wants to get you out of the picture here? I think so. And my fear is that once it does, it's just going to move on to my family. This creature thing, they see it on the ceiling. So that's interesting. And it's just like hanging there and like looking down. Its arms and its legs are like stretched thin. It turns its head all the way around to face the person. It's almost like an image of a human face. And I hear someone say, oh my God, we're gonna die, aren't we? This is going to kill us. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. 
Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So, Beth, I was talking to your husband, Sean. He's telling me everything that's happening. It's got to be tough on you, I mean. Absolutely. I mean, he believes that it's attacking him and that it could actually kill him. And I know there's something there, but I just can't see it. Now, what about yourself? Have you ever experienced anything in the house? Yeah, one time I was um, getting ready to go in the shower, and all of a sudden I hear the door and it's like shaking. So I open the door and there's nobody there. So I yell, I'm like, Sean! So he's like, what, what, what's going on? And I'm like, watch, don't touch the door. And we waited, and then all of a sudden, the door just started shaking all again, all by itself. In front of the bolt? Yeah. Okay, wasn't a heavy truck going by down the nope. road that nope. caused that? No. It was scary. Up until now, I thought whatever's going on here was brought on by Sean's stress. But speaking with his wife, I get the feeling the activity here isn't in his head. So psychologically, that's got to be taking a toll on yourself. Mm-hmm. I try to keep it together, but it's hard. It's very stressful in the family. How are you dealing with it? We try, but the tension in the house sometimes gets really crazy. I think this thing, it creates a very hostile and negative environment. Whatever's going on within this family is a direct result of its influence. They're just always, all of them, functioning out of anger or fear, hating on each other, basically. It's also making them do things that they normally wouldn't do. Divide and conquer. That's kind of, I think, what it's doing here. Rebecca, I was talking to mom, dad. There seems to be a lot of stuff going on in the house. Let me ask you a question. How old are you? 13. Are you afraid to be here? Yeah, there's noises, knocking, stuff like that. Explain it to me. What are you hearing? I'll wake up and I'll feel like someone's standing in the doorway and they're just staring at me like, I'll run to my grandma's room sometimes. You will? Yeah. Are you close with your parents? Not really. Yeah. Okay. What bothers you? Why are you crying? Tell me. Because <laughs> it just annoys me how my dad is so sick and no one can figure out why. <laughs> Seems like this is a, it's bothering you a lot more than you're telling people, right? Yes. I will never see her alone. There's this kid. She's got long brown hair, brown eyes, maybe a teenager. She's very angry. I'm seeing a direct interaction with a child, a female child, and this thing. They're telling her what they can do to her parents. And then this thing can come and it says, hey, you want me to take care of them for you? It's saying, I take the souls of the, of the ones who damn themselves. So, Wilma, I was talking to your son, and um, he's going through a lot here. Oh, really a lot. We almost lost him. Every part of his body is being attacked, and nobody knows why. What's that? 
it's hard to talk about, right? Yeah. I'm so glad you're here. Yesterday, the house was very quiet. They were all out except me. And I got up and I walked around. You know how you can feel someone staring at you, but there's no one there. And I challenged it and I told him, I said, I'm old, but I'll do whatever you want me to do, but leave my son alone. And I said, we believe in God and I'm not afraid of you. And when you say him, what are we talking about? I think it's a man and it's very evil. I have seen it. What do you see? I told Sean and he drew a picture. And I have it here. Let me see. Sean drew this, okay, but have you seen this thing? I believe that is the shadow figure that came down the hallway. I had gone to bed and I saw a shadow and I'm saying, oh, please go away, please go away. And then I could hear. And the air was coming on my neck and it was so cold. And I just wanted it to go away. I'm saying, please, because little Derek was next to me. And I'm saying, please, don't hurt the baby. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, take that. Now, have you ever seen any other apparitions? I see children in this room. See, how many kids are you seeing? Three. Three. The girl and the boy and the older boy. Okay. You can hear walking and whispering and giggling. I don't let the kids go <laughs> far from me. I don't even know could they take them or not. Like I just see dirt and blood, dead bodies. These are the damned, these are the lost ones. There's a lot of them. They make a lot of noise. And I feel like people around see them. I just see a bunch of dead people like coming in through the wall and just being in this area. And there's like something inside of the bed in the mattress, kind of scaring people. They just follow this thing. He has them. I believe that this thing caused their downfalls. What does it want with the living? For them to run their lives into the ground, to do bad things to themselves and other people, to damn themselves. Sean told me he thought his property was once Native American land. Now, when clients tell me this kind of stuff, I take it with a grain of salt. But I called a local author and he said Sean's right and that he has information that might help my case. Well, Dr. Frazier, thanks for meeting with me. I appreciate that. Glad to. So you mentioned on the phone my client was right. He thought that his property was once Native American land. Absolutely. I mean, this, this place was a transit point for a lot of different tribes over the years, not just one. Okay. But the Humanos occupied this land when the Spanish first show up. So they were here until probably about the early 1700s. Early 1700s, Plains Apaches then come in to, and displace the largely pedestrian Humanos. Wow. I've never heard of Indians displacing each other. This is a blood feud. 
So how bloody of a battle are we talking about? If you're a fallen warrior, you can expect to have your corpse mutilated. They cut off hands, cut off fingers. Really? Very brutal. And then the Apaches are driven out by the Comanches. It goes for 100 years. So we're talking from the mid-1700s? Yeah, all the way into the early uh, 19th century. I mean, they fought the Apaches hammer and tongs. I mean, they never gave up fighting the Apaches until the very, very end. Jeez. They scalp people. They eat livers sometimes. If they could make you scream or beg for mercy, that's the ultimate power. These guys sound like it's not somebody you want to mess with. Correct. How did the white settlers wind up dealing with it? Well, the settlers were on the losing end for several decades. I mean, really, the Comanches ruled the roost out here from about 1770 to about 1870. There is a lot of anonymous dying okay. in this part of the world. There's a lot of panic. This old dude is talking. He's like saying, there's all of these wars that happen. And he is talking about the Native Americans. Well, like with the Native Americans, I just see them like fighting. And then I just see them dead. I see their blood on the ground. There's other people later so I keep seeing like different groups of people over time and they're just dead on the ground bleeding. So what I'm thinking is that this thing is causing, causing it. It's like instigating and fueling yes. it? Yes, yes. Now, Dr. Frazier, do you have any idea who the original white settler was on the property I'm investigating? John Hunter Herndon, this is a picture of him. And where's he from? Well, he's a Kentuckian, and he's like so many Southerners. He's looking to establish some sort of agricultural empire in Texas okay. in the 1830s, 40s, and 50s. And he comes to Texas to make his fortune. He's carrying some bank with him. He's coming for money, hunting for money. Okay. His main businesses were down on the Texas coast. That's where his plantations were. That's where his slaves were. That's where his entire economic enterprise was. So when we, how many slaves does this guy have? Do we have any idea? Yeah, low hundreds. Hundreds. And everything is really on the climb for him, but he bets big on the Confederacy. Oh. And as you know, the Confederates came in second. So his money was all Confederate money, I guess, Correct. or bonds. Correct. His slaves were emancipated. Okay. And so at the end of his life, I mean, here's his obituary. Uh, at the end of his life, he ends up essentially getting ruined. He gambled and lost. So do we know what he died of? Probably died of a broken heart, if you ask me. There's one thing that controls all. It already took down those people outside. I just keep hearing bad decisions. The thing that caused the issues here, this mean, nasty thing, makes people crazy. Now that I know my client's property was the site of a brutal Native American war and owned by a wealthy plantation owner, I need to see if there's anything else. Searching through the archives, I find a man named Otto Steppens who lived on Sean's land. Turns out, he was one of Abilene's first millionaires. I actually managed to track down one of his descendants. He tells me the second Otto Steppens landed on my client's property, his life spiraled out of control. Well, Clinton, thanks for meeting with me. I appreciate that. 
Now, I understand the property I'm investigating, your great-grandfather owned that property at one point. Right. Okay, yes. now, now, what do you know about him? He moved to Texas with his folks in around 1851. Okay, from where? Germany. He was the epitome of the American dream. So, how does he wind up coming to Abilene? He uh, buys a bank from a man named Loudon. Okay. And do we know when that was? 1883. Then he moves to Abilene. In fact, this is pretty close to what he would look like about that time. That's uh, Otto Stevens. He buys a partial of land. This is the partial of land in blue right here. Do you know where my client's property would be right now? Uh, your client's property is right here. Where the dot is? Where the dot is. Now, you mentioned on the phone that things weren't bad for him. What do you mean by that? He became president of the Abilene Fire Department. And the first fire they went to was his house. They set a pumper truck, and it failed to work. And so the house burned down. So you weren't kidding about his luck changing? No, it went from there even to worse, because in 1905, uh, there was a failure with the bank. Uh, the federal government came in and, and pressed charges against him for embezzlement. He was convicted on three charges. Loudon was convicted on 18 charges. Now, during the appeal, uh, Walter, his son, committed suicide, shot himself. So now the son commits suicide. He's under indictment. What, what happens with him? Otto, with the stress of the trials, had a heart attack and died. And how old was he when he died? He was 56. He's a young man. He was a pillar of the community as an empire builder, and all of a sudden, everything just went down the tubes. Do you know what this thing is? I know what it's not, and it's not a devil, and it's not a demon. Was it ever human? I don't think so. I can't talk about what it is right now. What? Because I'm trying to protect myself. People worship it. If you use its name, it's like a, a summoning. During my research, I noticed something strange. There seemed to be an unusual amount of murder surrounding my client's property. Now, it's a small town, so it seems odd. I'm heading over to meet with a local police sergeant who actually worked on a couple of those cases. You mentioned on the phone you actually worked on a couple of the cases that I came across. I did. What can you tell me about the first one? Uh, the first one was the murder of Geneva Jackson. Happened in 73. She was a school teacher uh, for the Abilene School District. Her body was found the 15th of December, about three-tenths of a mile uh, from the location that y'all are investigating. I did come across that. It's in one of my uh, articles here. Okay, what happened with this case? Uh, some friends found her in her bathtub. Uh, she actually drowned, but she'd also been stabbed multiple times. And that, is that an open case? It's still open, yes. What else did you find? Uh, there was another one about a little over a mile away that was a murder-suicide that happened where a, a married couple had had a domestic disturbance at a local restaurant over some marital issues. Uh, and then when she returned home after getting off of her shift at the restaurant, he was waiting for her, uh, shot her eight times, uh, and then killed himself. Any kids in the house, anything like that? Uh, they did have children arriving home from school about oh, the time that this happened. Okay, so now we got an unsolved murder and then a murder-suicide. Correct. Real close to the property I'm investigating. And there's a third one that I think might be of interest to you, a suicide from just about a block away. 
a block away. Right. 36-year-old woman in 1975 uh, committed suicide with a 22 rifle, uh, left behind four kids in that case. Was there any, any reason why? Was there a note left, anything like that? No. I saw several entities during my walk, but one is responsible for most of the trouble in the house, and I got a good look at it in one of the bedrooms. Um, the child was in a bed. There was an entity that was above the child. It's like hanging from the ceiling. And it has like human eyes and a human mouth. Is this the entity, is he rather transparent? No, Just... he's black. Is this what you saw? Yes. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings to each other and our clients for the first time. Well, Amy, I'd like you to meet Sean, his wife, Beth, and this is his mom, Wilma. Um, they all live here in this house with Sean and Beth's five kids. And they range from 18 to two and a half. Correct. Sean's an Air Force veteran. He's done tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. So this guy knows what danger's all about. When he called me and said this house was killing him, uh, I knew we had to come and help out and see what was going on. Now that Amy knows a little bit about what the situation is here, uh, I'm going to ask her to tell us about her walk. When I got here, there was this little old man, and he was telling me there was a lot of fighting here or wars. There were several different ones over many years. It seemed to me to start with the Native American issue. And there were all of these bodies, and these were all the people who had died over the years. Now, you had thought this was Native American land at one point. Correct. And you were 100% right. The original Native Americans here were called the Humanos. And this is going back to the 1700s. But the Apaches decided that they wanted to live here. And they attacked. And after the Apaches settled here, the Comanches decided they wanted this area. Oh, man. So they came in. And the warring was going on for over 100 years. They were pretty brutal. And these guys were scalping each other. Then they'd eat their livers on some of them and dismember them. A lot of people got killed on this property. I saw a lot of the dead people outside the house, and I saw a lot of dead people inside the house. Specifically, I saw them in the master bedroom. I saw them coming through that wall, and some of them actually would get inside of the mattress and be in the bed. These people were the damned. You can hear them, you know, like, I could hear them outside in the front yard. You go look, there's nobody there. You hear them in here, like there's people here, nobody here. So this is like the kind of stuff they do. There are a lot of times that I'll go in that master bedroom and I'm there and you just feel like your life is being sucked from you. And I feel like there's people just standing around me. Mm -hmm. Like they're just standing there. Well, they are. Everything that's been going on everything that's here. All of the people still being here from these wars and fights goes back to a single entity, and I'm referring to it as the Dark One. What it does is it pushes people into basically damning themselves. This, to me, is definitely the biggest issue. This Dark One affects you in many ways. One way is psychological. I got that it creates 
obsessive thoughts, promotes negativity, a lot of tension, a lot of fighting. It feeds off of that. In the master bedroom, I heard divide and conquer. And that's what it's trying to do to the family. You're being manipulated and you're being influenced to create, you know, bad decisions. You guys have been fighting, right, a little bit? A lot. Like, you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, every member in our family fights. It's just completely tense. Also, we make a decision and then we find out, like, what were we thinking? Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that because this land has had a history of that. People that wouldn't normally make bad decisions making bad decisions. One of the original settlers that bought your track of land was this guy, Otto Steffens. You see what I have highlighted in blue? Just the track of land that he bought? That dot your house. This is him here. He's a self-made guy, successful. Now, Otto was doing really well until he came to Abilene and hooked up with this guy, uh, Loudon. And they opened up a bank together. Things started going downhill from there. His home burnt down to the ground. 1905, the bank failed, and then the federal government came in and they investigated him. They got hit up with embezzlement charges and all kind of bank fraud. So they went to trial. And after the first conviction, this guy's son went to Fort Worth and killed himself. Two more trials later, appeal after appeal, he winds up having a heart attack. He was only 56 when he died. Now, another guy that made a bad decision was this guy, John Herndon, who was actually here before Stephens. This is him right here. He's a land speculator, basically, in this area. Well-to-do guy from Kentucky, came from money, made great business decisions. But the bad decision this guy made was he put everything he had into the Confederacy. Well, he lost everything. He wound up dying broken alone. How are you guys, like, as far as the bad decision-making? We have a lot of debt. Right. You know. And then with the obsessive thoughts. That's a big one for me. Yeah. I am OCD crazy with a lot of things. Not you. You're being influenced by outside forces. How else is this thing affecting them? It's also physical. When I was in the office, I actually saw a female sitting there she could feel sharp pain in her neck, like all in this area. Wilma, tell her about when the thing with your neck. I was laying on my side in my bed. I happened to get a glance. It was a black figure. And I came down the, the hallway, and I could tell that it was bad. He touched my neck. It was so cold. Yeah. So cold. And then he started breathing. And the air was so, so cold that my whole shoulder and my neck was just frozen. When I woke up in the morning, here on this side and here was red. Well, this thing is completely capable of doing this, yeah. Now, did you get anything else from this thing? It does cause illnesses muscular problems, stomach issues, breathing issues, and chest issues. Well, that's the main reason we're here. Now, Sean's 38 years old, okay? This is what he looked like only a couple of years ago. What? 
What happened? I had a stroke, and then I had a massive pulmonary embolism with multiple clots. And then from then, I have diabetes, heart problems, liver problems. I've gone to doctors. Nobody can tell me why. Oh, my gosh. And that's why he thinks this house is killing him. Unfortunately, one of the things that I saw is that it specifically is interacting with a child between the age of 9 and 12. She did have her hair back. It was brown, like in a ponytail, longish. Her and this thing have bonded. So it's manipulated her into thinking that it's friendly. She's able to hear it. She's able to see it. Whenever she gets into fights or she gets in trouble, this thing is like, I'll take care of it. I'll punish them. And the only one it sounds like is Rebecca. I think she has abilities. Becca and I, we clash a lot. I'm stunned. I'm just... I did do a sketch of the dark one when I saw it in the child's room. Wow. Is it okay if I show her what you gave me? Mm-hmm. This is a sketch he did for what he saw. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it and what does it want? This is where it gets really strange. I knew it wasn't a devil and it wasn't a demon. I am calling it the Dark One because I can't say its name because that could put me in danger. This particular being uh, is native to Africa. It's utilized in the voodoo tradition. Usually how this entity comes into being is that a voodoo practitioner will do a summoning and the entity will then form a direct attachment to the summoner. It will always be with that person, okay, for their entire life. And the family then can inherit this entity. You have to honor it and respect it. And if you don't, it becomes very volatile, very destructive. So I'm very confused because this one seems to have gone rogue. And that was one of my questions. You know, were there slaves ever in the area? Well, this guy, John Herndon, owned the property here at one time, and he had over 100 yeah, slaves. I think this thing, it, it had to have been more, I think, directly, you know, somehow here. So how it got here, I think, is going to remain a mystery. But I know what I saw, and I know what it is, and I know what it's doing terrified me. I knew, that, you know, that things were happening, and I knew it was bad. I challenged it. I told him I'm old, you know, to leave my family alone. So what does it want to do to our clients? It wants to cause destruction and mayhem and cause them to, you know, destroy themselves. Well, Sean, you served your country in two wars. You came home to another one. The question is, is this a war or a battle that you can win? And can your family live here safely and 
normally, once again. Uh, for that answer, I'm going to turn it over to Amy. I'm extremely, extremely worried. I want you to bring in a voodoo priest. I want the entire family to go through a ritual with him where he can protect you and remove any attachments that may exist. Now, you'll be protected from, from this thing forever. The problem is anyone who's not there having this ritual done is going to be subjected to this entity. Any friends you have over, any family you have over, this thing's gonna be gunning for them, big time. There's no way we can get rid of her. He might be able to knock it out and take care of it. We can have hope, but if he doesn't, you, you, you're gonna have to move. So when the voodoo priest does this ritual, will, will it help the dead people out of here? Yes. They're attached to the dark one. When it's gone, will they just go? Oh, yes. They're going to be set free. I believe it's intelligent. I mean, it knows what, what's going on. It knows what we're doing. It's preparing for war. So here's the million-dollar question. You're going to be vigilant and do this, or what? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm feeling a little bit better that there's some hope at the end of the tunnel. Right. Emma, are you on board? It's life or death. I, th I mean, that's what I think. <laughs> Sean and his family have an extremely difficult fight ahead of them. Contacting the voodoo priest is their only chance of ridding themselves of the Dark One, whose sights are set on destroying them. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.